welcome everybody to our special Halloween episode of Daylight Podcast. Bum, bum, bum. We have a uh, we have a, a real treat for all of you Daylight listeners. Um, later on, we are going to play a clip of an interview with Jared and one of his good friends uh, from back in Connecticut. Uh, Jared, why don't you just give us a little precursor of what the listeners are in for later on? Yeah, so I caught up with my good friend Myron Nilsson. Um, Myron is is probably the most enthusiastic uh, Halloweener you could find. He loves loves the holiday, and uh, he and his wife put in a lot of effort to celebrate the holiday. So very cool. We'll play that later on in the episode. And I'm really excited about that because I know Myron has some awesome, awesome stories to share. Um, but it's it's great to hear somebody else who loves Halloween. And, and by listening to the conversation you have with Myron, loves it even more than we do. Because I feel like we're pretty big Halloween fans. Well, I don't know. I am. And I know Jared is. Tyler, are you big on Halloween? I'm big on candy. Yeah, I'm big on that. Um, <laughs> I love getting scared. So two for two in my book. Do you really? There, yeah. I do it. It's an adrenaline rush. We'll turn I like around. It. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Just kidding. Yeah. I always um, – yeah, during this time of year, I'm always asking people like, oh, do you like scary movies? Do you yeah. Do you like – to get scared and i'm with you tyler i think we're all in the same boat we love the adrenaline rush that comes with watching scary movies yeah. and getting yeah. scared my wife never understood this um wh- what i liked about it you know because she hates scary movies and when we started dating and watching scary movies together like i get i get super scared too and she's like why why would you watch those movies then? And I, I had to explain to her, it's not that I don't get scared. It's that I enjoy the feeling of being scared. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm immune you... to this. It's like, oh, man, this is intense. Yeah. This is intense. I, I, feel like like, I feel like you could watch any scary movie and laugh it off as, oh, that's so fake or this is so dumb and like, oh, yeah. not get into it, and then you won't get scared. Right. But it's way more fun to, like immerse yourself in the movie and case in point last time that the bros were together we decided to watch a scary movie about a deaf girl who gets trapped in (laughs) her own house whoa tyler moral moral of the story i i showed you that don't be deaf don't be don't be deaf sorry can we edit that they're gonna hear anyway (laughs) if they're deaf they're not (laughs) <laughs> oh, dodged a bullet there. Okay. No, it's a good point. I mean, yeah, it, it's 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 a conscientious choice to get into the the you know the environment, the atmosphere. It's the same thing at which is this actually something is a good good segue into something I want to talk about. One of my favorite things to do around this time of year is to go to haunted mansions, haunted corn mazes, haunted houses. Ooh, I me love too. stuff like that. And of course, See, I actually I do get not like that as much. That it's like some poor college student, you know, who's like dressed up as a chainsaw killer, just like trying to get a rise out of me. But I'm not. I'm not going in with that attitude. I'm going in with the attitude that 
I actually might die in there, you know, because that makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you don't. No, like but those, don't you Jared? ever have the problem? Well, don't don't you ever have the problem that you want to fight somebody? Yes, dude. Totally. Because I've been through. I've only been to one, and I did not have a good experience. Um, they made us just go like two at a time. So it was just my wife and I, and they said like, they will not touch you, but if you touch them, they will touch you. And so I just had to keep my hands in my pocket the whole time because as they <laughs> jump out at me, my initial reaction is to like smack them across the face. Yeah. yeah. But so you know, so what's the best? Have you guys? Have you been to? I mean, it sounds like Jared, you haven't done this that much. Tyler, have you been to any like really good ones? Like really, really scary ones? I'm not like really, really scary. I've I've been to the Fear Factory in Salt Lake City. I've heard mixed reviews um, about that. Ooh. I've heard that it's yeah, long, which is good. It's long, which is good. Because uh, like the worst things about haunted houses, in my opinion, is when it's understaffed and so there's like, a lot of walking, a yep. lot of it's just boring. Yep. So like that's the, the Fear Factory. I feel like it's like the best one I've been to, just because it has the most employees. It has the most like different sections within the haunted house. Mm-hmm. There's different like themes and stuff. The clowns. However, I went to this one haunted house um, just like three weekends ago, and they had this upstairs attic that you went through, and there were girls dressed up as dolls in this attic and they had i'm not kidding you like it was the first time where i was legitimately scared in a haunted house with these doll masks that they were wearing it was like i had nightmares the next night about it it was terrifying yeah and i hate dolls that is similar to so the one that i have been to i've been to quite a handful and the best one by far is asylum 49 that is oh in in Tooele? tooele utah so for those of you, you go who don't one? know where Tooele is, which is everybody except for people who live in Tooele, it's in the middle of nowhere, probably like 30 miles west of Salt Lake City. And you just really like drive away from the city until like everything fades to the back. And then you're in Tooele in this wasteland. And the asylum Sorry. is like, I, I want to say it's a converted hospital. Um of yeah, some sort. It is. and the the townsfolk, the mental the hospital. townspeople of Tooele, like live for these couple of weeks before Halloween, where they open up Asylum Forty Nine, and it's like the high school kids have auditions for it at the local high school to like be participants in it, and like we w- so we went to it a couple of years ago, and we walk into this one room, and I don't understand how this is like okay. But they had a ton of, like, little kids there, which I was like, man, is there no, like, child labor laws? This is really scary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> child, <laughs> child labor laws are silly enough. Back in the good old days, children <laughs> work as young as four years old. <laughs> a little Zoolander for you guys out there. Um, so we walk into this room, and I'm with my wife, and these all of these children, like, in in, like, old robes, and some of them in like straight jackets but not not tied up they're just like they they all come like running up to us and this is one by the way where you have to sign a waiver that says they can touch you and so you you walk in like knowing you're probably yeah Yeah. and so they, they come running up to us and they push me away and then they they form a circle around ealing my wife and they all join hands and they start singing Ring Around the Rosie and they get like really, really close oh to Oh my gosh. Like this. 
this. And then they start yelling and they back up. And she was bawling. She was like sobbing. Uh, had to get out of there. She was absolutely terrified. We like had to book it through the rest of it because she was like, this is not fun. I don't, I don't enjoy this. And, uh, but it was, it was super scary. And, uh, that was the best one I've ever been to for sure. Yeah. So I thought you had told me an experience once where you're going through a haunted house and there was this girl who got lost or separated from her group. And so she joined you guys goes through and she, cause she's like freaking out. And so you guys are like, yeah, just follow us. So she goes with you guys through a portion of the haunted house. And then all of a sudden she gets attacked by somebody in the haunted house. And, and you guys like actually think that something is happening, but it turns out she was just like a off part stage. of the haunted house and pretending Dude, that's terrifying. That to be, if that did happen to me, a civilian, then I must've blocked it out because I don't remember that. And that's, horrifying maybe it was so somebody scary. else <laughs> such a good idea yeah. it's a so, good idea um, yeah so what do you guys think is like sorry what do you think is like the most yeah what creeps you out the most is it dolls is it good kids is it clowns like no yeah for for me it's no doubt if i walk into like a like a room full of dolls like little kids man little kids yeah. freak dolls. me out Unreal. Did you ever see um did you ever see that X Files no. episode? Chinga? No. That that scared me. Uh the dolls in that movie in that show like freaked me out. And Chinga Ugh. in Spanish is uh <laughs> something uh, I can't say. I remember <laughs> one of the most scared times I've ever been in my life was when do you remember Jared? When we were growing up, we always used to watch "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't know, like yes. who oh, in I like, that at the too. Nickelodeon like headquarters said that this is an okay show to be on for our target network, which is or our target audience, which is like ten year old kids. But it was so scary. Or whose parents <laughs> yeah, let them yeah, watch dude. this show? By there themselves. was there was totally an episode every of week. A clown one in there where these people like got lost. It was like a like a clown like dollhouse, but th- that you could actually uh, like get trapped inside, and there was like a surprise door, and or there was like a surprise behind every door. Uh, yeah, so no, I know it's so exactly scary. which one you're talking about. We actually watched yeah. we. You can find a lot of these episodes oh, on YouTube in crap. pieces. I did. We know watched that, that episode oh, crap, a few years ago. I'm look that up. Gosh. TV show scare tactics. Yeah, oh. dude. So I won't lie. The first, the first time I ever got like can't sleep scared. You yeah. introduced me to the show Scare Tactics, where they stage this these scary things, and it was a group of like college kids in a oh car acting like they were gonna pick up this homeless guy, and the homeless guy's walking towards the car, and he they drive away. They think it's hilarious. Well, next thing you know, like the next scene is is them driving in like this isolated He's like there. deserted spot, oh. and the homeless guy reappears, oh. right? Yeah. And then the car, like the car breaks down, right? And the next thing you know, the homeless guy's in front of the car. Yeah, dude. And like, you think this is funny? You think this is funny? And everyone's crying in the back seat. The, and yeah. I just remember thinking, like, right. 
it's it They're all done. ends here. Like, they are done. Yeah. Like seriously, it was so so was terrifying. So, right. Like and everybody it was part was of the part it. of the show, but still, like that was one of the those shows, back, man. Right. And so the driver was in except on for this it. one so person. The driver then like pretends that the car can't start, and the homeless guy's out in front of the car with an axe, and he's like smacking. Yeah. Oh man, dude. I think one of the scariest parts about Halloween and scary movies and haunted houses is the fear of the unknown, right? You don't know, like, you don't know what is going to happen next. You know, for example, like, in Scare Tactics, those people had no idea that that guy was going to show up, you know, further on down the road and then kill them. In the clown episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, you don't know what is behind the next, like, what clown is waiting to cut your head off behind the next door, right? It's always... You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, like you said, the other side of that is candy and costumes and having fun and doing all of that. And I feel like the reason that Halloween is so great is around the phrase that defines Halloween, which is what? Trick or treat. And you don't know. You don't know. Like, maybe you're going to have a great Halloween or oh. maybe you're going to die. You know? That's deep. Or maybe I'll give you a piece of candy, or maybe that's actually like <laughs> rat poison. You know? I don't know. So I don't exactly know what the origins of trick or treat is. And so maybe that was like a total not even close to the truth. That yeah, sounded it all kind of centers good. around man, what's gonna happen this Halloween? Is it gonna be a trick or is it gonna be a treat? Man, Halloween is so much fun. For the past three years I've been invited to a Halloween party that my friends Maggie and Myra Nielsen have hosted and people are strongly encouraged to share scary stories during the evening uh, and it's spooktacular. So I met up with Myron and he actually was willing to share some of those stories that he um, that he has told over the years and I think it's a real treat and everyone's going to enjoy it. So let's go to that. Myron, thanks for joining us on Daylight Podcast. How are you? Good. It's nice to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. So I can't tell you how incredibly honored I was to uh, get this request. I am so glad to hear that. You know, you've been a subscriber since the beginning, you know, and it's good to have you on the show because, you know, this is why we do it. It's for the fans. Um, I'm not only a subscriber, but I'm a subscriber on multiple platforms. Oh, my gosh. Everyone pay close attention to Myron, okay? He knows what he's doing. But Myron, more importantly, today we are talking about the Halloween season, I know you're a fan of Halloween. Would you say it's your favorite holiday? I would say that I'm definitely the biggest fan of Halloween. <laughs> and how would you qualify that statement? Can you give us some details? So I remember when I was in college, uh, I was the first of my roommates to get a, a what you would call, quote unquote, a real job. And so relatively, I was making more, a little bit more money than anyone else. And so I declared October on me. And I said, this is going to be the greatest Halloween for everybody and I said I will donate a thousand dollars just to Halloween fun so I just had a pot for just going to different haunted houses or building costumes and it was kind of up for grabs. That's awesome. What did you dress up for Halloween that year? It was one of my favorite costumes actually. It was Arrested Development theme and so I went and rented a Segway and I dressed (laughs) up as Job. Rode around on the Segway even in the parties that I attended so I won a costume (laughs) contest so it was it was magical. That's awesome. Did you have a Did you have a dead bird in your sleep? I did the entire night. I absolutely did. <laughs> I'm not a real dead bird. Of course, of course. That's awesome. Um, well, one of the things that we love about Halloween is 
scary movies and scary stories. And you are a scary story connoisseur. I have rules when it comes to scary stories. Um, yeah. When I hear okay. a scary story, I, I want it to be either first-hand experience that someone's had or second-hand. I don't want it any further than that. I mean, I, I appreciate that, right? So that we know, obviously, that these stories are maybe coming from a more pure source. They, oh, yeah, relatively. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you have, one, a personal experience or a something that you've heard directly from someone else? Um, sure. I was living in Provo, and with my roommates, we just wanted to have some good Halloween fun. And there was an old Reams building. I don't know if you remember this, but it was this giant grocery store that was in the shape of an igloo. Oh, yeah. And it was abandoned for a long time. Well, not not exactly abandoned. It had stopped being a Reams grocery store, and they'd use it for just storage warehouse, but you could actually okay. sneak into it. And it was really cool because <laughs> you could sneak into it, go up into these rafters, and then go on top of the building. And you'd have to really kind of like bend plywood back to try to squeeze in to get through the door you know you're definitely trespassing so you have to be quiet and sneaky we get to kind of the door of it and we're bending the plywood back to try to squeeze in my cousin he squeezes in front of me like right past me to get in and as soon as he gets in he just screams he's not really the screamy type so i obviously okay. kind of panicked a little bit i didn't know whether to run or to help him because once he's in like <laughs> yeah. he's like he squeezed in and kind of like was stuck in there so i decided to like okay. squeeze in and like try to help him or see what's going on and yeah. i have my phone as our flashlight and so i squeeze in and i look and there's a guy standing right in front of him completely Ooh. naked just staring no. at him Ew. and so like of course i panic because that's one of the scariest things in the world to me is people in situations that just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. Why is this guy, Why is this naked, guy naked just standing there? <laughs> and he's like, don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> what? He's covering himself with just his hands, just being like, don't be scared. I'm like, what? <laughs> we start talking to the guy and it happens that he was working across the street at a pizza place. And for whatever reason, his coworkers decided to play a prank on him. And so they jumped him when he left work, took all of his clothes off. So he started running home and a cop saw him. So he panicked and went to Reams and was just waiting there. Like, because he knew he could sneak in there. He was just waiting oh until it got late enough that he felt like he could walk home. No, that that would freak me out. And uh, some friends that guy had <laughs> to, to be jumped and uh, stripped, huh? You told me a story once. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a story from your brother oh, yeah. um, and his wife. My... Sister lives in Jacksonville, Florida, in actually Ponte Vedra Beach area, which is not too far away from St. Augustine. And if you're familiar with St. Augustine, it's North America's oldest city, I guess, or township. It was like the first established like township. And it dates back to like pre-Columbus. Like it's pretty crazy. And it was a very well-known like pirate cove and old forts and Countless battles were fought over St. Augustine. So it's just this really old, small town. And when you're there with all the Spanish moss and like you can feel this yeah. place just has this this energy to it that's just ancient. And it's, I love it. It's really, really cool. So another thing about St. Augustine is it is very well known for its ghosts. And so because it's so old and has this rich history of wars and sickness and plague, they do whole bunch of different ghost tours right off the main street so my brother 
His name's Dan. He decided to do one of these ghost tours. This was a special ghost tour. They actually give you the equipment that you would use to actually hunt for ghosts. So oh, wow. they give you a little, like an EVP reader, a little energy thing. Okay. Um, they tell you okay. how to take pictures. And so my brother went on this ghost tour and they went to all these supposedly haunted places to do all their little measurements and readings. And yeah. he loved it. He was just like, oh, I, this, I'm hooked. This is, this is so fun. And he felt like he got little orbs on his photos and he just, he loved it. At the end of the tour, and this is where they get you, they're like, hey, if you want to keep the equipment, <laughs> hundreds of dollars, only cost this much money. And he's like, sold, <laughs> take my money. <laughs> so yeah, he bought all the equipment like right there on the spot and was going to become a ghost hunter. He took his newly found ghost hunting equipment back to Sanibel Island. Okay. And Sanibel is on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And it is also a very old little island and has a rich history of pirates and, and ghostly things. And so he just thought it'd be a perfect place to, to take his ghost hunting equipment. And he's like, let's go ghost hunting. There's this little cemetery that's so creepy. Let's go check it out. For some reason, he thought it was a good idea because he had a brand new little baby. <laughs> <laughs> he took, he and his wife took their little baby with them. And in the middle of the night, they went ghost hunting into no this way. cemetery. They just like couldn't find a babysitter. They decided to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they were walking around this little uh, cemetery and there was this one particular spot where they're getting a, a little reading on their little whatever sensor it was that detects ghosts. Their ghost sensor went off uh -huh. and it was at this one particular small grave. And so they started taking pictures and he said he got this really clear, colorful orb in his picture. So he just knew this place was just, just haunted. Okay. And it just really, really active. And so he just thought this night was a great success. And so he went back to his home, couldn't wait to go do it again. And that night in the middle of the night, he, uh, was sleeping and out of nowhere he just heard his little son just scream like he's never heard him scream before uh. and he woke up in a panic and his wife at the same time just shot up in a, even more of a panic and ran over to the kid to check on him and they calmed the kid down and you know made sure that everything was okay and his wife was really shooken up and she's like i need to tell you something I went out, got up to check on him in my dream, and I walked up to his crib, and I looked in, and it wasn't our son. Uh. And then she starts to describe exactly what he looked like. He had dark hair, his eyes were this color, and just very distinct features. And then he looked at me, and at that second he looked at me, I heard our little boy scream for real. Uh. And that's what woke her up. And all of that happened at the same time. Oh my gosh. The next morning, they woke up, and their little son, they said his personality had completely changed really and his just whole demeanor and personality it was just off <laughs> he was like they had another little child oh gosh so he got a very strong feeling that they had brought something home with them that night oh my gosh so he started to ask around and he knew this older gentleman in the town and who was much more familiar with the kind of the history. So he went to find this person and they ended up telling him that a matter of fact, the grave where they had all this activity was a little boy who was buried. That was the exact same age as their little baby. Oh, no way. And then they described what he looked like and it was to a T 
describe the baby in the dream. Oh, gosh. So they took him back to the cemetery, and they're talking to the little ghost. They're like, we know that you're curious and that you want to experience more, but you need to go back to wherever you came from. And then they left the they left the cemetery, and after that, their little boy was just completely normal again. No and they way. felt like they got rid of the little ghost that attached to him. Oh, my gosh. But it spooked them so bad that they decided that they were definitely going to... Uh, give up ghost hunting that was <laughs> yeah their one and only use of all that equipment. i would say so no that is like super creepy especially as a parent like I, I don't know any movie that like involves children a scary movie with children is like super creepy and then i feel like now that i have kids i'm like no please like don't mess with this <laughs> like this is so it gets yeah. you man so they yeah so they have to this day i'm sure have not been or punting. <laughs> I've got a good okay. one. Let's hear it. So my dad wanted to take my brothers and I when I was about 12 years old on a camp out. And we had what we would call fathers and sons outing. Are you familiar with those? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about my dad is he was a doctor. So he worked at irregular schedule. So he couldn't actually make it for the night of the outing in order to go camping we had to do it the night before everyone else got there mm-hmm. so we go up to this campsite and it's way up in the sierra nevadas in california and we get there and it's this beautiful huge campground but there's nobody there and that's pretty exciting to us because hey like we have the whole place to ourselves so we come up to like the best camping site and it's just huge and it's got a gigantic fire pit. So we start unloading our car, just happy that we scored such a great spot. Yeah. And as we're unloading, this big blazer pulls up and all these guys kind of like are glaring at us and they're like, hey, so every year we have a huge party here and this is the only campsite that can accommodate our group. Is there any way you'd mind moving? And my dad's like, ah, oh, that's cool. We, we can move. Oh, and okay. so we we know they're going to be a big party. So we go all the way to the other side of the campsite and kind of got pushed out. And so we're on the other side of the campground. And so we unload and make our little humble campground. But being young boys, we're very intrigued that there's going to be this big party going on that night. So I'm 12 years old. My next oldest brother is 14. And my brother just older is 16. And then we have a friend that's with us who's also 14. The four of us, of course, you know, we brought our camouflage clothes and our flashlights and we're so excited about sneaking and spying on this party. We start moving towards this party and we're like going in little formations and just completely (laughs) playing like army guy. And we have a whole pattern worked out with flashlights to communicate with each other. And we had little red filters on them and stuff. So our friend that was with us, his name was Eric. We get as close as we can to this this campground that's full of people by this point. And we can hear him drinking and playing guitar. So Eric climbs up in the tree. And we look up into the tree and he will flash his light at us. And he flashes twice if it's all clear. Okay. And then three times if it's like caution. And he's like, and if I just keep flashing it, that means be careful. So we're watching up in the tree and we get the all clear. So we just kind of move closer and closer and we're all getting in different positions. My oldest brother, he's crouched behind a rock and all of a sudden it's just flash, 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 flash. So we know something's going on. So right. we all get in our little hiding spots. And sure enough, we 
smell something coming before we see anything and it just reeks of beer and and then all of a sudden out of the brush we see a guy wobbling towards us and he just stunk and he was obviously very very drunk and i'm like what is he doing so he wobbles over closer and closer where my brother's crouched behind the rock and i'm behind a log just kind of watching and i'm like does he see my brother because he stops right in front of the rock then all of a sudden I hear zip, or rather unzip. Oh, shoot. And so I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, that guy is completely going to pee on my brother right now. There's like <laughs> absolutely going to pee on him. And so I'm like, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And right then my brother just jumps up from behind the rock and just goes, rah. <laughs> and the guy just flips around so scared and he flips right towards me. So I jump out and I'm like, ah, and like the guy like stumbles back even more, just scared out of his mind. And then my other brother jumps up from where he's hiding, crouched behind another log. And the guy's like, like falling to his knees. He's so freaked out. And right when you think he can't take it anymore, my friend Eric falls from a tree like next to him no. and just we completely like scared the guy so bad and we thought it was hilarious yeah so we Dude. scurried back to our campsite just completely like laughing and we pretty much scared a guy to death that's hilarious but that's not the end of the story oh man so that night my dad and two brothers and myself are sharing a tent and i am at the very very edge of the tent and to this day, because of this, I hate being intense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so because it's like four people in like a three-man tent, like we're all squished against, I'm especially like pressed up against the side. Okay. So I know that you can see the outline of my like sleeping body from outside of the tent. Yeah. And I fell asleep and everyone's sleeping. And in the middle of the night, I would say probably 3 a.m., I wake up having to pee so bad. So in order to get out of my tent, like I had to get out of my sleeping bag, like crawl over people. It was going to be a bigger deal. So I'm like wiggling around trying to, trying to get free of my sleeping bag. And all of a sudden I just hear just right next to my head, the sound of metal scraping against a rock. And I just froze. What? And in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's a guy with an ax right next to my head. Yeah. And he's just watching me wiggle and he's just waiting to like hit me with his ax. So I'm, I'm, I am absolutely mortified, but at the same time I have to pee so bad. So I know I need to wake up my brother. So I like start like pressing on him and yeah. he just, he will not wake up. And so now I'm like really getting more and more scared and I'm like wiggling a little bit. And all of a sudden I just hear the scrape again. And every time I moved, I heard a scrape. I was so scared and like if I was like I know if I yell he's just gonna chop me in half I was almost blacking out I was so scared and I just did not move tried not to breathe stayed as silent as I could somehow I managed to fall back asleep miraculously and when I woke up my dad was already up making breakfast my other brothers were already up and I was the only one left in the tent and so I just shot out of there, went and used the bathroom and was just feeling still had to go. Yeah. Like it was just such a beautiful, great morning that I'd all but forgotten about the horrible night that I had. And so I'm like in the camp making breakfast with my brothers and stuff. And my dad 
is over by the tent. He looks really confused, and all of a sudden he reaches down and he picks up a hatchet that is laying on the rock next to our tent. And he says, do you guys know whose this is? Because it wasn't here yesterday. And it definitely wasn't ours. And it was definitely a hatchet that was laying next to the tent. So the sound I heard was a hatchet being dragged against a rock. And I have no idea who was doing it. <laughs>